Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is April 7th, and it is the Feast of Divine Mercy Sunday. A great feast. It's the, uh, the also the memorial of uh, Pope John Paul II's death. Um, if you want to mind, say a uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet for this podcast. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, today we'll, we will be reading paragraph 753 through 760 today. And we will continue with um, a section on the symbols of the church and then talk about the church's origin. So we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Symbols of the church. In scripture, we find a host of interrelated images and figures through which Revelation speaks of the inexhaustible mystery of the church. The images taken from the Old Testament are variations on a profound theme, the people of God. In the New Testament, all these images find a new center because Christ has become the head of his people, which henceforth is his body. Around this center are grouped images taken from the life of the shepherd or from cultivation of the land, from the art of building or from family life and marriage. The church is, accordingly, a sheepfold, the sole and necessary gateway to which is Christ. It is also the flock of which God himself foretold that he would be the shepherd, and whose, whose sheep, even though governed by human shepherds, are unfailingly nourished and led by Christ himself, the good shepherd and prince of shepherds, who gave his life for his sheep. <clears throat> the church is a cultivated field, the tillage of God. On that land, the ancient olive tree grows whose holy roots were the prophets and in which the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles has been brought about and will be brought about again. That land, like a choice vineyard, has been planted by the heavenly cultivator. Yet the true vine is Christ, who gives life and fruitfulness to the branches, that is, to us, who through the church remain in Christ, without whom we can do nothing. Often, too, the church is called the building of God. The Lord compared himself to the stone which the builders rejected, but which was made into the cornerstone. On this foundation the church is built by the apostles, and from it the church receives solidity and unity. This edifice has many names to describe it, the house of God in which his family dwells, the household of God in the spirit, the dwelling place of God among men, and especially the holy temple. This temple, symbolized in places of worship built out of stone, is praised by the fathers and, not without reason, is compared in the liturgy to the holy city, the new Jerusalem. As living stones, we here on earth are built into it. It is this holy city that is seen by John as it comes down out of heaven from God when the world is made anew, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. The church, further, which is called that Jerusalem which is above, and our mother, is described as the spotless spouse of the spotless lamb. It is she whom Christ loved and for whom he delivered himself up that he might sanctify her.
It is she whom he unites to himself by an unbreakable alliance, and whom he constantly nourishes and cherishes. Roman numeral two, the church's origin, foundation, and mission. We begin our investigation of the church's mystery by meditating on her origin in the Holy Trinity's plan and her progressive realization in history. A plan born in the Father's heart. The Eternal Father, in accordance with the utterly gratuitous and mysterious design of his wisdom and goodness, created the whole universe and chose to raise up men to share in his own divine life, to which he calls all men in his Son. The Father determined to call together in a holy church those who should believe in Christ. This family of God is gradually formed and takes shape during the stages of human history in keeping with the Father's plan. In fact, already present in figure at the beginning of the world, the church was prepared in marvelous fashion in the history of the people of Israel and the old alliance. Established in this last age of the world and made manifest in the outpouring of the Spirit, it will be brought to glorious completion at the end of time. The Church, foreshadowed from the world's beginning. Christians of the first century said, The world was created for the sake of the Church. God created the world for the sake of communion with His divine life, a communion brought about by the convocation of men in Christ. And this convocation is the church. The church is the goal of all things, and God permitted such painful upheavals as the angels fall and man sin, only as occasions and means for displaying all the power of his arm and the whole measure of the love he wanted to give the world. Just as God's will is creation and is called the world, so his intention is the salvation of men, and it is called the church. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings, handed down by the apostles of Christ, strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.